And tonight we want to look at the word nourishes us. Now, if I had to ask you a question or ask you what was, what's your favorite food to eat, what would it be? If you could have, if you, listen, if you could go to one place, right? You go to one place. And you said, you know what, this, this, this food, how many of you ever felt like you were going to die because you were so hungry? Anyone ever been there? All right, you felt like you were going to die because you were so hungry? Okay. In that time that you, you wanted some food, right, what was the thing that you craved the most? I mean, raise your hands. What's some things you crave? Ice cream. Ice cream, okay. Cheeseburger, okay. Who? Jimmy who? Jimmy Bean? Jimmy Dean? Jimmy Dean Bakery? All right. That's not something I would. That is something I would crave, but that's that's good. Just food in general, eh? Nothing particular, right? Everything looks good. when you're hungry, that's true. When you're really hungry, almost everything looks good, right? You know, you just want something. You want something to nourish you, right? And that's what we want to look at. We want to talk about God's word as we need to be nourished. And if you remember the story of Jesus' temptation, as Jesus had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, what was the first thing that Satan tried to tempt Jesus to do? Turn the stone to bread, right? You've been, you've been not, you haven't eaten for 40 days or 40 nights. You want to eat, right? And we all know, we know the story, right? That God, Jesus could have done it, right? He could have changed it into, he could have turned any stone into bread. He could have eaten anything he wanted. He could, he could have turned that stone into steak bowl, you know. He could have done whatever he wanted, because I like a good steak, you know. But I do like some good homemade bread, too. And I'm sure if Jesus could have made something into bread, I'm sure the best bread you would ever eat. But, in fact, I'll give you a story about bread, right? How many of you like fresh, hot, homemade bread? All right? I do, all right? Well, before I came back to Nassau, as you know, I was a youth pastor in Spanish Wells, right? And every, we would have communion. We would have communion every single week. And they would always have a homemade loaf. All right? And so... You know, I would be to church because, you know, I would be to church early, and I would just get hungry sometimes. I could be going, I'd get hungry. And we were like those type of churches where basically you didn't have the bread cut up. You used to tear the bread, right? So, so listen, so the bread used to come around, and I can tell you it's the truth. Sometimes that little piece of bread was bigger than another time because he was a little bit hungry, you know? So you'd be like, you'd be like, man, you're trying to tear it like a small part of it, but you're like, but that's a big piece, right? And let me tell you something, hold on, but let me tell you, right? That was the greatest, listen, during that time of communion, that was the greatest piece of bread that you could have. I mean, for some reason, that just tasted good. Everything about it just, you know, it was like, good. But what would happen is, after we had finished the Lord's Supper, right? 
I'd be offended, Lord, so, but they would have whatever bread was left to the front, right? All right? They would have whatever bread was left. And so the children would always line up to try to get the bread. But there would be times when I was a little bit hungry, so I wanted to get my little cut of the pie. So I used to get my little piece of bread, and I'd say, like, you know what? I'm hungry, so I want to get it. And that was, like, the best piece of bread that I've ever had. Like, just that communion bread, man, that was just good. I tell you that story for you to understand that here it is, Jesus is 40 days and 40 nights into fasting. He's done. He is hungry. We need to recognize that Jesus was a human being, all right? He was 100% man, 100% God. Something we can never, we, we can never wrap our minds around, but he was Jesus, a man who could get tired, who could get hungry. So here it is. Satan said, you know what? I'm going to attack him right where I know I can. The belly, right? You ever notice that about a man? They always say, if you ever want to get to a man's heart, you get to his belly, right? Yeah, to his stomach, right. You know, you always get to, because if you're a good cook, then hopefully, you know, that, that'll help you out. If you're a bad cook, dog eat your lunch. You know, sometimes they, they say you have to be a good cook, right? But we want to look at this story and think about this. So, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, this is what Jesus <coughs> this is what Jesus answered. But he answered him, It is written, Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now, when we read that passage, we notice something about what Jesus did. We've been talking about the word, and we notice that as we think of nourishment, as we think of what he was trying to say, what does he start? He, he, he tells him something back, right? He quotes what? Scripture. He quotes Scripture. He said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now, let me ask this question. Where did the Bible come from? God, right? God used different men to write the Bible. Every God breathed, right? We looked at this verse a couple weeks ago, 2 Timothy 3.16, and it talks about how God breathed. That's what the word is. It's every piece of this is God's word. We sometimes, in our churches today, we might read from the New Testament more, but every piece of God's word is necessary for us. It brings us nourishment. You see, as a Christian, as a believer, we are to be hungry for God. We are to crave a relationship with God. We, are to, we want to be able to be full with God. And the only way we can become full of God, with God is if we study His Word, if we're studying for ourselves, that we know exactly what God's Word says. You see, there's no one, no one in this room who can say they know everything about the Bible. None of us. We are all learning. We should be learning. We should never get comfortable in our faith and think to ourselves, we know it all. Because we don't. Let me ask a question. Do you know everything in school? Almost, right? Almost, all right. Well, how many times have you seen in school things change? Where one time it was this way, but yet they totally changed years later. Anyone ever seen that? Anyone ever seen that in school? 
What did Jesus mean? Listen. What did Jesus mean when he said, man should not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God? What did Jesus mean? You see, he's looking for us to understand that we need to be satisfied spiritually. Again, as I talked about at the beginning, as we talk about the illustration of being hungry, God wants us to desire his word. That we should not get in. You ever had that meal that you just could not get enough of? That you just ate and ate and ate and then you, you ate until you were sick? And you realize that, you know what, I really shouldn't have ate this bite, but I know I've got to just eat it because I don't want to waste it. And we use that whole thing, you know, we don't want to waste food, right? Now listen. There's a trait that runs in my family a little bit, right? That when we, my mom does it, I do it, and some of our, my cousins do it, right? That when we eat too much, we start to sneeze. What? <laughs> <laughs> literally, li listen, we will get, we, like that's when we know we've gotten to our limit. Like we just start to sneeze. And we sneeze, and it just, it just, not that we have a sickness or not, it's just, that's when we know we've, that's what I know I sinned, basically. Because I've been a glutton. I've eaten too much. That's, no, that's just how it is. I don't know. I don't understand it, but that's just how it is. But listen, right? We should have the same hunger for God's word. This is what nourishes our soul. This is what nourishes our every being. When we study God's word, we can't get enough of it. That we want to know more. So I got a question for you. Have you ever been there in your life? Have you ever been there where you just was reading God's word and you said, you know what, I just can't stop? I, I don't want to answer that. Or do we take God's word this way? That's an old book that's boring. I want to do something else. I don't want you to answer that either, right? As a Christian, we are to want to know more. We are to want to nourish ourselves with this. Think of Joshua. Joshua understood the truth. Right before Joshua led the Hebrews out of the wilderness and into the promised land, he established the importance of God's word to the nation. In Joshua chapter 1, the Israelites were preparing to enter the land they've been hearing about for 40 years. Moses just died, and now Joshua is rallying the troops. I want you to imagine Joshua for a second. As we know anything about the Israelites, the Israelites went through a lot. They were in the wilderness for 40 years, and we know their story, right? That Moses died, and we know that they were just dying to go into the promised land, right? But this is what Joshua says, right? This is like him giving a speech from the throne to say, this is what we want to do. How many of you were made this week to watch the speech from the throne? Anyone? I don't know. They still do it in school. We used to be up to watch that in school. No? You used to do it, right? All right. When the government changes, or when the new government comes out of five years, it's called a speech from the throne, right? But basically lays out, but basically lays out what the government is going to do for the next five years of what they're in, in um, power for. This is our plan, right? 
And this is what Joshua, Joshua had a plan for the people, right? It wasn't our plan where we want to try to stop crime and all this stuff. No, it wasn't that. This was Joshua's plan. Joshua 1, starting at verse 8. 7, sorry, starting at verse 8. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. What was the law that Moses had, had told them? Do you remember? Anyone know? No one knows the law. All right. Those are the commandments. But Moses basically, in that time, you know, that was, that they had to know the law. They had to know the word. They had, that's, that's what they had to do. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. Verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. Think about that for a second. This is what Joshua is laying out to the people. Look, I don't want you just to read God's word. I don't want you just to speak it. I want you to meditate on it day and night. I want your life to be about God's word. That's what's going to bring you nourishment. That's what's going to bring you true hope. Again, like I said, sometimes when we think of God's word, even for us, some of us who do devotions, and I, I'm guilty of it sometimes, I want to just get it done. All right, I just want to get it done. I just want to, you know, do what, what I think God wants me to do, and that's the attitude I have sometimes. Is that the right attitude? No. In fact, it's probably better, not, better I don't even do it because I'm just doing it out of obligation, out of duty, not because I want to. Because what, what happens when you just do something out of duty or obligation? You don't give 100%, all right? You just give, you just do it because that's the thing to do. You cut corners. But again, he says, but then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. What he's saying is that, look, we need to recognize that God's word is what's going to bring us hope. This is what we need to meditate on day and night. Has any of you ever been to, a, have any of you thought about that nice trip you're supposed to go on for the summer sometimes, and, and you, you meditate on it, and you think of all the things you're going to do, that you plan out all the different um, places you're going to go eat, you're going to plan out all the things you're going to do? <coughs> Anyone ever done that? All right? You have everything worked out, right? Everything is done. Everything is done to, according to what you wanted to, want to be done, right? Now, you plan it out to the T. And when it, when it doesn't go your way, you get upset. You see, when God's word is our priority, we meditate on it day and night. And I'm not talking about meditation as, you know, you see some people, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just thinking about God's word over and over. Let it change you. Let it be our filter. Let it be what we're all about. In fact, the way Joshua described God's word here is similar to how we digest digestive process of our physical body as we think of eating bread. First of all, we chew bread and we take it in. Just like one should do carefully when reading the word. When you, when you eat bread, do you just swallow it? No, you chew it. 
Okay. All right. Majority of time, listen, majority of time you have to chew it, right? <coughs> All right. Secondly, our body digests bread and sends the nutrients out into the body to provide energy, strength, and growth. Meditating on what we read in the Bible does the same thing. When we think about God, God is saying, this is what matters to our life. This is what is crucial to our understanding. Everything that we do is about God's Word. Let me ask you a question. How, how will we defend our faith without God's Word? Can we? No. How will we know what to do in life without God's Word? As a, as a believer. We wouldn't know. This book is important to us in our life. Thirdly and lastly, the benefit of eating bread is seen in our bodies. We are able to continue working, playing, and doing whatever it is we have to do because we have eaten and used the fuel provided by the bread. God's word does the same thing. When it's ingested and meditated upon results, transformation, and action. Our thoughts change and align with God. For me, I know in my life when, when I feel like I get in the wilderness of the Christian life is when I'm not in God's Word. And you may say, well, Nicholas, you're a youth pastor. You teach us. And yes, that's true. I have to prepare and I have to teach. But that can become just something that I do because I have to do it. I need to be taking care of my own spiritual life outside of what I'm doing on a Friday night because I need to be feeding me. I need to let my soul be feeding my, my soul with God's Word because I need to understand that I have to change, my, I need to change things in my life. And before I even think of a passage or think about what I'm teaching, I need to make sure it convicts me first, that it speaks to my life. Because that's what's important for us. Because if God's Word isn't changing you, then you have to ask yourself a question. Am I really studying it for, for, for as much as I should? Think about you in school. What subjects are you, most, are you better in? The ones you give the most time to, right? No? Well? So let me ask a question. What prevents you from ingesting God's word every day? What are some distractions that we have? Phones is number one, right? Some of you admitted tonight that because we were on that side, we didn't have Wi-Fi that you actually talked more to each other. It's so easy to do, right? In fact, I'm reading a book right now called 12 Ways Your Phone Changes You. All right? Because I know even in my life, my phone changes me. That we become, a, we become to a point where without our phones, we can't even function. That we can't even hold a conversation without touching our phones. In fact, tonight we have the fidget, the fidget thing. Where is it? What are they called? Right? Because we have to have that because we are so used to having our phones that we can't even, you know, that's just something to, to take the place. All right. 
I think that we need to understand that these are some of the things that are changing us, our phones, our computers, the internet. This is what distracts us from reading God's word. For me, Netflix being one of them. All right? When those shows continue to play, when you say to yourself, I'm really tired. But you know what? I could watch one more episode. It's only 50 minutes. And then another one comes on. It's only another 50. And then when you realize it's 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. Listen. Secondly, how might approaching God's word like this on a daily basis impact your life? If we go to God's word daily, how would that impact your life? Let me ask a question. And, I, and, and if, no, if you don't raise your hand, don't feel bad. It's not to put no one, you know. But how many of you do a devotion, like a, you have a devotion time every day? Anyone? Or at least a couple times a week. All right? Not, not every day, a couple times a week. Let me ask a question, right? I can speak for my life. When I have a good time in God's Word in the morning, and you don't do it in the morning because I know everyone's not a morning person, but that's for me. I feel like my day goes a little bit better. I'll be on it this morning. I'll be on it this morning. Last night I was out late, and I, I didn't get up first thing this morning, and I'll be, I'll be honest. I found a little things, it just irritated me, and I had to just stop and pray. I realized, I realized that I was just irritable. That I was just, you know, I was hot, miserable, and I just felt like I was taking it out on other people. But God's word does something to you. It changes you. It convicts you. It shows you things in your life that you need to change. Thirdly, and this is, some, this is probably a reason why some of us don't read God's Word. What methods have you used to help reading the Bible easier? You know, um, you know, for us, in our generation today, there's no one in this room who has an excuse why they can't read God's Word. Because of that simple reason, we have a phone. There are different apps on the phone that you can use that will help you and show you. There are different devotions you could download to help you. You see, this is what makes it easier for us. You know, for me in my life, I don't know everything about the Bible. I need help. How many of you have ever got to a passage of scripture and you had no idea, even though you read it about five times, you still had no idea what it meant? I've been there. All right? 500 times, right? Been there, done that, right? Like we wonder, why in the world do we have to learn all about these different people's names in Genesis who we can't pronounce? What is the point of them genealogies? All right? But they have a purpose, right? They have a purpose as you go and learn more about God's word. Now, like I said, we should be thankful because some of us, you know, if our parents named, named us after some of them people, we wouldn't know what our name was, right? Because I'm sure we have, you know, all been through those chapters in the Bible and thought to ourselves, wow. You know. But the reality is each of them have a purpose. And I would challenge you tonight. We have two more 
sessions in this, in the Word, and understand tonight that hopefully as we've been going through, you realize how important God's Word is. Because this is the, like we talked about last, and this is the foundation of everything we stand for. And if we don't know God's Word, we have no hope for our relationship with God. We've got to study. This is what we use to nourish us. This is what we use to feed us. This is our drip. As we think of needing something in an emergency, this is our drip to help us, to nourish us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for tonight, and we thank you for your word. We thank you for how it nourishes us, how it feeds us. Father, I pray that you would just continue just to be honored in all that we do tonight. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.